0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Dr. E. J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Again, it is a great pleasure to be with you today Uh, Today is Wednesday So Wednesday is Prophet and Kathy and myself coming together uh, Sharing with you today The Order of Kingdom Relationships The Order of Kingdom Relationships Before we go on, let me give you the uh, call-in number Those that desire to call in I had a caller yesterday And and, uh, I didn't recognize until we was finished and so I did not click them on. So if you uh, have any questions, what the case may be, you can just make yourself uh, known, and we will acknowledge you. We'll stop and uh, be able to answer your questions as the Spirit of the living God will uh, give it to us. The calling number is area code 347-237-5493. Once again, area code 347-237-5493. Uh, it seemed like we've been having some problems with the chat, so uh, there's some people uh, uh, trying to chat yesterday as well, and so um, uh, we have to find out from the uh, station um, what is the uh, problem with the chat, and maybe we're doing something wrong. Uh, this is our second week doing this, so we're uh, also getting uh, uh, familiar with the how it runs and operates. Uh, let me give you... Uh, Uh, our little menu before we get involved today Uh, on Mondays and Fridays uh, at 1pm Unlocking and Liberating the Real You Uh, I'll be your host uh, on Mondays and Fridays on um, Tuesday and Thursday we will have uh, Prophetess Kathy McKenzie, uh, Women of the Kingdom also at 1pm now we want to let you know we're we're uh, kind of experimenting with this here, so uh, we may be going to some night sessions, especially once we start getting into uh, the prophetic or having people call in and we begin to speak prophetically into their lives. So um, uh, maybe uh, uh, doing that, um, maybe the Monday, Monday and Tuesday, I might be going to a night session we we we're still filling our way to see what the Lord wants to do with us. So uh but uh, as of this particular time we'll be doing one PM on Monday through Fridays. And so uh on Saturday, uh which will be a two hour session, that's gonna be a time of those that need prayer, uh uh need us to battle for you, and uh we have those that call in that uh need a word from the Lord. And so we're uh, looking at putting together a, a team of uh, prophetic voices that will be able to speak uh, the heart and the mind of God into your life. So uh, that's uh, Monday through Fridays at 1 p.m. once again. Monday and Friday would be uh, myself unlocking and liberating the real you. And uh, on uh, Tuesday and Thursday is Women of the Kingdom. And so uh, my wife's shaking her head. I must be doing something wrong. What is it I'm doing wrong here?
2: on Tuesday and Thursday it's, not, it's uh, the title is Kingdom Women Living for the King.
1: Okay, so I <laughs> don't messed all that up. So <laughs> uh, what is it again?
2: Kingdom Women Living for the King.
1: Kingdom Women, so I apologize. Kingdom <laughs> Women Living for the King. All right. So uh uh let out I had that typed up wrong so we got to get that corrected there so I don't get on here uh messing up her program, so uh that's her on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so today we're dealing with family uh uh relationships uh, husband wife children uh that will always be on wednesday and so if anyone having uh, uh calls or desires to want to call in concerning uh marriage children we've been married twenty five years uh february twenty sixth and um uh, two adult girl- uh children now we have three girls uh that God has blessed us with three beautiful uh girls our oldest uh just turned twenty four I tell you making me feeling younger and younger
3: amen <laughs> uh
1: twenty four and uh and our middle girl she just finished uh uh high school and uh matter of fact, i just started college yesterday and uh she's eighteen. And our uh, youngest daughter is um fourteen, fifteen. My wife's shaking her head up You see them do men be messing up big time. <laughs> our oldest daughter is uh Ebony, uh middle girl is uh ecstasy and our youngest is Imani. Uh, so she's fifteen, so she's in the tenth grade. Yes. Tenth grade. She's in tenth grade, she got two more years uh to go and then she She'll be on her journey <laughs> as well, going to the next phase of her life all right uh, uh, last week we had an excellent uh time last week uh sharing uh in areas of relationship now uh we going to uh, what what's on your heart today now we've been married twenty five years uh and uh in the midst of being married twenty five years, I believe every marriage have experienced struggle. And uh, and I believe one of the reasons we ex- we experience struggle is when the scripture says this reason shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. I believe one of the reasons we experience struggle is because of the the becoming one, uh, and and this adjustments have to take place in becoming one. And and you can't become one if you don't know uh, and understand your function. And uh, sad to say, the majority of us uh, that is born again as Christians, uh, we didn't get this from our parents because our parents didn't know. And even though your parents probably was raised up in church, um, but they probably was never mentored themselves or trained themselves. Uh, So uh, you just went to school, uh, and if you had a job when you got out of school, you went to work. Uh, it taught you a certain little responsibility Whatever the case may be But we, I never was taught uh, How to be a man uh, I wasn't uh, Not only taught how to be a man But I had, I had no one in my life To help develop my manhood You can probably have a good father A good provider And that's what we call good fathers Someone that provides uh, But from a biblical perspective We have to go beyond provision Because uh, we have to understand Animals do that Animals naturally instinctly provide for their young uh but if that's only the standard when we are really falling from grace and fallen big time uh being a father, being a husband goes beyond way beyond just provision so but we're satisfied with that if we understand if we think that it's just that's the function of a man uh so we're we're in the, we're end up missing it, and so we'll never. Uh, go beyond uh, and tap into who we really are. And understand this right here. This is really not for your wife and your children. This is really for God. Uh, God said, told, shared with Adam, spoke to Adam, said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. But Moses, I'm sorry, Moses, uh, Adam could not do that if Adam was not trained by God in how to do that, what his role was, what his function was. And so when we don't understand it, we will move beyond that. But uh, we've been married 25 years, going to 26, and uh, uh, we have experienced uh, uh, great levels of challenges, just like every marriage. I personally believe uh, if you've been married a month, you don't experience some challenges. <laughs> uh, so uh, because you got to understand something that's uh, God's, uh, what I can say, prize trophy is uh, family. Uh, God honors family for anything. There was no church, but we put more emphasis on church today than relationship. And I I know so many people, I have uh, quite a few pastor friends I'm in a relationship with, so much emphasis is on on the church, so much emphasis is on going to church and doing things in church, being a great uh, member, being a great leader in church. But uh, so many people's poor husbands and poor fathers, poor wives, poor mothers, But we shine in church, but we'll pour it home. Uh, I thank God uh, for the fact that God uh, brought someone to my life to help uh, mentor me and process me before I got married, because I believe if I wasn't processed, I probably wouldn't be married today. Uh, uh, But my processing was in my relationship with the Lord, not with a man, not with a woman, but with God. And God graced me to know him. I encountered him. He became real to me, more real to me. Uh, than my parents, my siblings uh any human being, and I believe that 's what has sustained me in our marriage but we 've gone through so uh let 's talk about a little bit about that and before we get into some of the other things here uh, we 've been married twenty five years Tell me what has been one of the greatest as a wife uh and I know i 'm very difficult i mean uh i'm mm-hmm. not the easiest person uh to live with i uh i'm I'm a stickler uh for order. Uh, I like things uh to be right. Uh, I like things to be in order. Uh that's my nature and 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 that's who God made me. And so uh what has been some of the greatest challenge to you uh, with the other ladies that's listening uh, to this today on the radio program uh, as a young lady uh being married for 25 years. What has been some of your greatest challenge uh being married?
2: Um, good evening to everyone that's listening in. Um, I think one of, my, um, one of my challenges has been um, after hearing the vision that God has given you for our home, for our marriage, um, for our children, uh, not being able to, um, I would say, uh, walk it out or not being able to apply myself to the vision, and probably because of my relationship with the Lord. Uh, not being in divine order with God, and so therefore it brought frustration with me trying to walk out of vision from you um, and not being in order with God. It just brought frustration um, because one cannot, you know, it's an imbalance. Right. If I'm not in order with God, then quite naturally I'm going to be out of order with you. Uh, But I didn't know that at the beginning because I thought I was in order with God. I thought I was lined up with God. But then after... You know, making so many mistakes, um, then I realized I was totally out of order with God.
1: Well, let me ask you this question all the mistakes that you said that you've made, why, what you think is the root cause of those mistakes uh, that you made? Of course, we understand many times uh, uh, if you have not had a, I wouldn't use a perfect, but if you have not had a, a biblical pattern, pattern, because I know when I met you, you all went to church. Yeah. Uh, um, but I didn't know. You were not saved, <laughs>
3: because,
1: <laughs> because I wasn't a church goer. So uh, when I got saved, that's when I discovered that you wasn't saved. <laughs> and uh, but you you went to church, you sung in the choir. Your 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 family, uh, all your family members went to church every Sunday, except your father, uh, until uh, his latter days before uh, he passed here. Uh, he gave his life to the Lord and started going to church and was active in the church, but. Uh, um, you didn't have a, I will quote-unquote, a biblical pattern as a, uh, how to be a biblical mother, a biblical wife, so do you think that if you have had a another woman in your life to uh, take you alongside of you and help you, do you think that, you would have been prepared in a greater way, and you would have been a greater wife to me,
2: yes, definitely, um, as you were speaking and, and you mentioned the fact that you know I went to church and um you didn't go to church, I thought I was saved <laughs> <laughs> i you know I grew up in in church, and um my hope my extended family there, you know my, I have about three or four uncles who are pastors, uh, not pastors but ministers in church, two were pastors well three were pastors. Um, and uh, one is deceased now, but I have two, That one that's retired and one is uh, still a minister at the church. So I thought I was saved because that's where all my family was. I, th- I was doing all the church themes, and I thought I was saved because I was doing the church themes. Um, nobody told me I wasn't saved, uh, and, and I can remember when uh, the pastor, he's deceased now, but when he said... Uh, come to the altar and give your life to the Lord. I can remember my mom, you know, um, making us, you know, giving us that nod, that look, going up to the altar, <laughs> you know. So I I was so little and so young, and nobody took me aside and said, this is the ABCs of salvation. So I thought I was saved. But I think to answer your question, if I did have someone, a role model, a, 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 a disciple, a, a mentor, someone to um, – Mentor me in my relationship with, uh, with God first and then with you, then definitely I probably would not have made so many mistakes as I made uh, in our marriage.
1: Notice what Paul uh, gave an admonishment to Titus. He said, Titus, I need you to set some things in order in the church. He said, Take the, young, uh, the, the older men and teach them so they can teach the younger men. Take the older ladies, teach them so they can teach the younger ladies. So here's a man is teaching older women how to teach younger women. I thought that was kind of fascinating when I been read that in the in the word of the Lord, but I think that's the missing element uh uh in the in the church today. Now I my thing was this right here. Uh I knew uh I was single for a good little while before uh, uh we got married, single for um I think maybe seven, eight years, and um uh, just living for God, and so I I lived and breathed every day, moment, second, God. Uh, when I woke up, it was God. When I laid down, it was God. So I, I didn't have no uh, natural relationships uh, for as to strike me, and that was by choice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I made, I, I did that by choice. Now my my challenge was this right here, because I God had graced me to understand the Word of God. God has graced me to know the Word of God before we I married you. I thought that because I knew Scripture and I did have a relationship with God, I thought that when we got married, that I was going to be a perfect husband
3: yes. because
1: I knew Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time we got in a confrontation. <laughs> I think with, I think a month later, two months later after we got married, and and uh, I I walked outside, got in the car, and drove off. Now, where did I get that from? Had to be from TV because that's what people do. They, they get in the car and drive and cool off. I got in a, almost got in an accident twice. Yes. And that thing, and that had never happened to me, and that thing shook me. And the Spirit of God began to speak to me. He said, "You have allowed an enemy in your Garden of Eden." I said, "What?" The Spirit of God spoke. To he said, "You have allowed an enemy in your Garden of Eden." He said, "Go back to your home and you cast the enemy out of your Garden of Eden." Now, I thought I was kind of fascinated because I thought you was wrong. And, uh, and I'm frustrated, and I get in the car to cool off because I'm looking at you. And God speaks to me and said, I allow an enemy to intrude, not Garden of even." Yes. So I remember that, and I came, I got back to the house and asked you uh, uh, to forgive me. And I began to speak to the, in the atmosphere. I begin to take authority over the spirit of darkness that I allowed to enter into my home. And when I say I allowed it, because all of us are influenced by one or two powers. It's, there's no neutrality. Yeah. You're influenced by God, influenced by the devil. And you could be born again and influenced by the devil. All we got to just look around. Yeah. So, But the people that's not born again, you they're automatically under, under the in control and influence of the devil. So uh, I begin to do that. And peace instantaneous self, uh, filled the home. So I I learned something. That's how God has always educated me and trained me. And so he showed me it was my responsibility. Now, where my frustration comes at it, because uh, my thing is this right here, and the average man, uh, uh, they need, men lives for the respect of their wives. One of the things that men cannot stand is when a woman uh, disrespects him or a woman talked down to him.
3: Yeah.
1: That 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 thing right there kind of like demoralizes a man. And, a, and, a, and you see men just get angry, upset, whatever the case may be. And because they never was trained, and when I say trained, I'm not talking about training in Scripture.
3: Yeah. This is
1: something we really got to understand. I'm talking about, when I'm talking about using the word training, I'm talking about somebody processing you.
3: Yeah.
1: Everybody needs to be in relationship with somebody that you trust. And when they begin to process you or bring correction to you, you know that they love you. You're not going to submit to processing correction if you don't think the person loves you. And see, I remember the first time I got corrected by my mentor, I thought, what is this? This man don't love me. I thought he said he loved me because I was bringing a humanistic perspective of love over into the kingdom of God. And so those dynamics, I mean, my head was just messing me up because if you love me, you're not going to rebuke me. If you love me, you're not going to correct me. You you see the de- the deception <laughs> in in this thing. We bring, even though we're born again, but we bring all that has been developed in our soul from the time we was born up to the time we got saved. We bring that over into Christendom, and that's why our minds have to be renewed.
2: And um, to add to that, when you mentioned about uh, when Dr. Brown corrected you, you thought he didn't love you from a woman's perspective. When she's married, when her husband brings corrections to her, it's like, okay, he thinks he's my daddy. You know, he, he thinks he's my father. I just left my father's house and I got his name, but here he is talking loud to me or talking, you know, bringing, trying to bring correction to me. Who he think he is? He ain't my daddy. So, of course, then here comes that humanistic standpoint, you know, the thinking where, you know, I'm not going to commit to that because he thinks he's my daddy.
1: See, then that, that's going back. See, what that reveals then, that reveals that the woman that thinks like that and operates like that never was mentored. Yes. Because a true mentor will always bring correction. And we got to understand what biblical correction is about. Biblical correction is not about exercising your ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this thing is not about you. Uh, when we begin to understand that you've been bought with a price, the scripture says, and you don't belong to you. So if I've been bought with a price, I don't belong to me. Well, who do I belong to? The one that bought me. Who bought me? Christ bought me or God bought me with Christ's blood. But what God has done, he bought me and then he gave me back to myself. He said, now, I'm going to buy you. I'm going to give you back to you for me. That you will turn around and you will, uh, how do we use this word, uh, uh, manage yourself for me. I want you, I bought you, but I'm giving you back to you to manage yourself for me. So the scripture says you've been bought with a price. So you can't do what you want to do. But what I'm to do, you to do what the one bought you with a price. You have to do what he wants you to do.
3: Yes.
1: And so, therefore, now, if I am the head of this union, if I have been processed properly, I've been mentored, then if I bring correction to you, the correction should not be about me exercising my authority. And always understand what authority is about, and that's another thing. If we don't understand authority, then we're going to go beyond our measure. But what is authority? Think about it. It's so simple, but we make it hard. If you work on a job and you work in a department, just say on this particular job that you work on, they have about five different departments. They hire you to work in one department. And so that that department that you work in, they give you a level of measure authority to exercise only in that department. Not in the whole company, but in that department. So your authority is limited based on what they hired you to do. So it's the same thing. So your authority, and the authority they gave you, they gave it to you to the benefit the company. Yes. They didn't give you authority for you. Mm-hmm. They gave you authority for them, to exercise your authority for them, for this company to prosper or to succeed. So, therefore, if God is the man, is the head of the union, and he is the authority over the union, where did the man get his authority from? He's not born with it. Yes. So, therefore, when a man becomes a husband, that means he leaves a solitary position, status, and enters into a union with someone else. Now, with that position as a husband... There is a grace that comes with that position. Yes. There is an anointing that comes with that position. And there is an authority that comes with that position.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Who created a husband's position? God. Yes. So, therefore, he's the one grace it, he's the one who anoints it, and he's the one who has placed a level of measure of authority in that position. For what? To execute in a husband's role, position, anointing, whatever you want to call it, on the behalf of God for your spouse. So it ain't mine. It is his. He gave it to me to execute it for him. So we got to understand that, and vice versa with the woman as well. So when we begin to understand that, the correction should always be according to the vision that God gave me. Just like when your boss on your job brings correction to you, that means somewhere you have violated the standards of that company. They're not correcting you just to correct you. They're correcting you to bring you back in harmony, yes. bring you back in alignment with the standards that governs that company. If a home does not have standards, it's going to be chaotic, yes. uh, and you can take it to the bank. Those children will never, ever be able to grow up, even if you go to church. They will never be able to grow up and tap into their dimension or their purpose. They will never fulfill really fulfilled purpose. Why? Because there is no structure. There is no order. Why do you think Lucifer, which became Satan, got kicked out of heaven? <laughs> because there is a structure. There is order. Yes. He violated the structure of his relationship with the one that created him, and he got kicked out of heaven. Yes. So it's the same thing. So men is not, has not been given authority to dominate their wives to beat their wives, uh to make their wives uh come in submission to them. You ever notice the the Bible says in Romans chapter thirteen that all authority to be has been ordained by God? God is the ultimate authority. You ever notice that he don't make you and I do anything? Yes. He don't make us love him, he don't make us pray, he don't make us fast, he don't make us do absolutely nothing. God is not in the making people do anything. That's when a person go to hell. It's because they chose to. And and the level and measure of all of us on this line, on this, uh, uh, listen to this radio broadcast, my wife and myself, all of our relationship with God is contingent upon what we're willing to commit to God. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, uh, 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 when a man brings correction, he should bring correction to his wife because the wife has violated the order of the home, the standard of the home. And I think one of the things that should happen when a, uh, when a, before a person gets married is they come and they need to, these are some of the things they need to talk about. When I do marriage counseling, which I don't do hardly anymore, uh, I turned it over to Kathy and now we got another one of our ministers doing, doing marriage counseling now. But when I used to do marriage counseling, we, we touch everything. we touch sex. we touch money. Who handle the money? Who pay the bills? And, and people say, well, shouldn't a man do to handle the money? Not if the man is poor at handling the money why would the man handle the money if he, he, he's poor? That's not his grace. Yes. If the wife is strong and manages the money, that's the one who should manage the money. If the man is strong, the man should manage the money.
2: Yes. Um, I was thinking, so when, to help us bring balance to it, because uh, maybe there's somebody listening that might be in this position where she's saved, um, but he's not, but okay. he's still her authority. And so when correction come. Um, how should the wife handle that, because this is the position that the husband is in based upon this has been assigned by God, so he didn't he should have received his you know authority from God, but if he 's not walking after the order of God or he 's not saved, how should the wife handle uh submitting to his authority if he 's out of order with God?
1: That's a very, very good question. As I'm sure uh, there's people that's listening today probably saying, Yeah, that is a good question because I know people that is uh, uh married uh to a person that is not saved and or someone who may be listening today, maybe married to someone that's not saved. How well how would you handle a situation like that? Well you gotta understand something. God is in the salvation business. Yeah. Uh the Bible let us know in second Corinthians chapter five, I think round about verse uh Eighteen, nineteen, twenty, somewhere up in there. It talks about us having the ministry of reconciliation and, and giving us a word of reconciliation. So, therefore, if just a, uh, you a young man or young lady that's married to, uh, to the spouse who is not saved, uh, do uh, do the woman submit to the man if he's not saved? Well, yes, as unto the Lord. That okay. we got to break this thing down. Yeah. Now, if your husband that is not saved want you uh, uh, to sell your body, uh, I mean, you know you're not gonna do that. you gotta understand your husband's your husband, he's not your lord,,
3: yeah.
1: and so if your husband wants you to smoke dope, well, your husband is your husband he he's not your lord, uh so you don't submit to that because there's a higher authority
3: yeah.
1: now, but uh everything else when it comes down to the relationship on a natural level, you should submit to your husband. There's wifely duties yeah. uh uh cooking cleaning, whatever the case may be uh uh sexual relationship, whatever the case may be you got there's certain things you you need to do, yeah. and so therefore but this this is how you will win him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: you will win him not arguing with him, you will submit to him as long as it's in the confines of the word of God number one, and number two, I believe this with all my heart that if you really submit to your husband, mm-hmm. ask unto the Lord. As first Peter talks about, I believe your relationship with God will bring conviction to him that he will so respect you that he will never ask you to do anything that violates your relationship with God. I've seen this happen. Yeah. So she's to submit because the Bible says also in First Corinthians chapter seven that the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing spouse. So your relationship with God brings this man under the accountability of God. But he don't even know that. Yes. But it will bring him under accountability to God, and that will give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to be able to influence him.
2: Yes. So the wife should, or the husband, because it could be a husband that's married to an unbelieving wife. So the spouse then should focus on the position and not some, uh, focus on their relationship with the Lord and not so much... The, the the man, because th- I think that's probably why, why you know we get in trouble from time to time because we're looking at the man and not seeing Christ who's in the man.
1: But, uh, let me ask you this question. Are you saying that you allow yourself to get distracted because you're seeing what the man or the wife is not doing and it causes frustration aggravation and you feel like you're doing your part but the person not doing their part? Is that what you're saying? I don't know.
2: Uh, no, no, just saying, just going back to the, the earlier question that you just answered. The the wife, when the husband brings correction to her, her focus should not be on the man. Okay, I got but you. Her focus should be on, because if she's, you know, confessing salvation, she's the one that's saved and he's not, but yet she's from time to time finding herself not wanting to submit to his authority because he's not saved and she's hearing what he says. So what I'm saying is, she should keep her eyes on
1: the Lord, her focus on God, and not so much the man. Well, I, I was, let's, let's, let's bring it home. Let's make it real. Let's make it practical. I understand what you're saying at this present time because here's this man
3: mm-hmm.
1: that messed up himself, bringing correction to his wife, and he done messed up. And so here, the enemy is going to play on that. Well, who do he think he is bringing correction to me when he just messed up last week?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so he going to bring correction to me? And so now here is a conflict in the mentality, and it's going to be expressed because the focus is not on your role, your position, your function. Yes. Your okay. focus is on what the man did or did not do.
3: Yes.
1: So you're absolutely right. you got to understand something. He, he is the authority. Yes. And and see, people do not know how to relate to authority. That's why if, if the husband and wife can model this before the children, yes. it will help bring balance uh, I think our relationship is a perfect example. There's times where I have messed up. uh, uh, um, I said something out of character to you, and our girls heard it, and I I apologized to you. I got with the girls and said, Listen, daddy missed it. Daddy messed up. Will you forgive me? Now, I messed up. Should my children model me messing up? Absolutely not. But what should they model? They should model my humility because I humbled myself, and I acknowledged I was wrong. I didn't handle that situation right. I apologized to you. I got those girls together and said, Daddy missed it. Will you forgive Daddy? And all of them said, yes, Daddy, we forgive you. So what did I model? I modeled before them that if Daddy missed it, if you missed it, this is how you handle it. And you modeled it very well before the girls. You have missed it several times uh, with me in front of them, and you've gone to them. And, and, and share with them, listen, uh, mommy didn't handle that right with daddy. Will you forgive me? And I admire you and respect you for that. And uh, and I can see my girls adjusting yes. and, and um uh, and, and divinely aligning with that. Yes.
2: Mm. Um I wanna go back to something you said earlier regarding uh mentorship. Uh the, that's the missing ingredient in uh the church, the missing element in the church. Uh, And it's amazing that it's the missing ingredient, you know, in the church because we see it in society. Yes, and we believe in it in society because we get our kids involved in things with with coaches. You know, everybody need a coach. Everybody need a mentor, someone that's going to help train them. And and I'm reminded of the scripture in uh, the book of Luke. Uh, I think it's the sixth chapter, or seventh chapter, where it talks about and everyone when he is trained. So everyone has to be trained. Training is not something you and I can get away from. Uh, discipleship, that's not something you and I can get away from. That's God's design for us to be trained. And so we, we, we get it in society, but when it comes to the church, you know, we have a problem with submitting to someone but not in society. Well,
1: that's the thing. And you said it's something we can't get away from it because it's all around us, but yet at the same time we are away from it. Yes. <laughs> and so. So and that's the problem. That's why we experience in shipwreck. Yes. Uh, shipwreck as a man, shipwreck as a husband, as a father, shipwreck as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, whatever the case may be. That is why. Mm-hmm. And so we would never reach our fullest potential. Yes. It, it, you know, uh, you know where I come from. Uh, uh, my, my family, uh, uh, my mother basically raised seven children based about stuff. So we we didn't have too much anything. So I wouldn't raise up in. And a, and, a, and, a, and a well-organized uh, family, very dysfunctional. Um, but I, Watch this right here. I, I look at when I got a prophetic word, when I first met Dr. Brown, that God was going to raise me up and God was going to uh, uh, bring me to the place that I will have money, whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm thinking when he, when the Lord spoke there, how in the world can that be? Uh, who? <laughs> I don't know business. I don't know anything. I don't come from no business. I not come from anything. But it's fascinating to me how – when God began to do that, but this is the key, I began to surround myself with people of business. Yeah. Now, now the the word of the Lord has come to pass in my life. Uh, God spoke that he was going to raise me to be a millionaire. God has graced me to tap into that. And so, therefore, I have experienced that, uh, uh, tapped into that, and have come to that particular place at one particular time before the the market shifted. So everybody needs to if 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 I didn't put myself in a position yeah. to be able to be around people that know more than me,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: this is the key about mentorship. see you've got to put yourself around people who know more than you and be willing to do what it take
3: yeah.
1: to receive what they have. I didn't say no when I mean receive what they have, I'm talking about material things right. I'm talking about the development of the person yeah. so if you ever can get the person
3: yeah.
1: not their things, yeah. you don't need their things you won't you yeah. won't. The knowledge you want the, you want to be developed and watch what God began to do. Uh I think we have a, a, a caller a call here. Let me see how to do this right here. Got a question. Uh let me see how we do this here. Okay. I think they all is mute here. If I do it here. Hold on for one minute. Uh we see uh how do you do this thing here? I just touched this and it's, it's not working. Uh, okay now it's live. We got area code uh six zero nine and the uh we got a couple of six zero nine but six zero nine 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 two is the first number. Uh you have a question? You can go ahead and ask the question now. You're unmute. Okay. Who am I speaking with? We hear you.
0: Yes. Yes. God bless you, um, Apostle McKenzie. Um, I've been listening to um, so far. I, I tuned in a little bit late. This is Professor Samita Coleman. But I tuned in a little late. And um, you, when you were talking, um, I believe uh, Professor Cassie was saying, when um, there's disagreements and uh, you know, you try to straighten them out, and what do you do when those disagreements continuously um, happen over and over and over? Because I know myself, I counsel people in marriage, and most of the times it's all, it's almost to a point where there's a continuous, uh, you know, the behavior pattern does not change, you know, and I and you know I know we're supposed to take them. Uh, take them to God in prayer You know but what do you do When it's a continuous Pattern um, That continuously happens Over and over And over again because Eventually you're going to get um sick and tired, you want to get disgusted, you want to get irritable, and then all of a sudden hatred can come into your heart as well, you know. And I always uh, think of that scripture on Proverbs 12, verse 4, verse four where it says, a virtuous woman wears a crown to her husband's head, but she that makes him ashamed, it's like rottenness to his bones. And, you know, a lot of times it's just like, you know, the man be ready to throw you away. That's what I would want yeah. to, uh, Question I want to that's, ask.
1: that's an excellent question. You you, you, you share you asked a, a couple of things in there, but let's get to the part that you mentioned about um, uh, when there's after they have received counsel, but there's continuous uh, uh, arguments that's going on. Then let's look at it. It takes two to argue. That means neither party is submitting. To the order of God Concerning relationships And that means When there's consular arguments That means both persons Is standing up for their rights Which you don't have any That's something we really need to understand The scripture clearly tells us That our righteousness Is as filthy rags And the righteousness That we have Comes from God Christ now becomes our righteousness Righteousness Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, he don't want to be found in his own righteousness. That's self-righteousness. So that's when, when there's constant argument, I'm standing for my rights, and watch this right here. She's standing for her rights, or I'm standing on my position. I am the authority of this union. No, no. Then I'm abusing and misusing my authority. I'm abusing and misusing my position. Because we never see Jesus getting in no fight,
3: yes. no
1: fuss yes. with his disciples that didn't believe in him. He trusted God. Yes. That And you think about it, his disciples failed miserably mm-hmm. every day
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, until he died and they got filled with the Holy Ghost on the Day of Pentecost. And even after that, Peter still missed it in Galatians there. So, so what a man needs to understand, a man don't have to fight. A man don't have to fuss, even though we've done it many times, I have. You don't have to. And that's a revelation that that uh, uh, somewhere you have lost focus on your function and lost focus on your position. An authority don't have to fight. All the authority has to do is just speak. And then if the person speaks according to who sanctioned him to be an authority, then he opens uh, that whole relation up, relationship, he opens it up and brings it subject uh, to the influence of heaven.
3: Yeah.
1: Heaven know how to deal with the wife, and heaven know how to deal with that husband. So either the man is not, uh, he, he's moving out of his function, or the wife is moving out of her function. Because if either one, I believe this right here, if even if the man is missing, if the wife will operate upon the first Peter. Yes. That she will model before him the scripture. A chase in the uh, King James, a chase conversation. The word conversation in the Greek is, is behavior. A chase behavior, just be quiet. Some of you ladies listening, right? And say, please, ain't let nobody talk to me in any kind of way. I'm a woman of God. No, you're not. By the mere fact you said what you said, it's a revelation you're struggling. What makes you a woman of God? It's a woman that belongs to God. You acknowledge that you don't belong to yourself. Yes. And so, therefore, since I don't belong to me, my mouth don't belong to me, my tongue don't belong to me, I belong to God. Yes. So I can't say what I want to say, do what I want to do, yes. because if I do, it's no longer the spirit, it's me. If it's me, then it's satanic and demonic. The Amen. Amen. So there has to be a balance there. You want to have anything you want to say, uh, um, add to that?
2: Yes, I was just thinking, I, I know something you say from time to time, um, that we have to see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is the will of God being done in the relationship. Kingdoms, uh, The kingdom of heaven must be in the relationship, and God's will must be manifested in the relationship. And speaking from a wife's point of view, uh, for, as a wife, going back to what you said concerning 1 Peter, the third um, chapter there, that we will win him by our chaste conversation. There have been times when, there have been times where, or maybe situations where God will call you to just be quiet, don't say nothing. You just admit, even though my head Maybe messing with me and telling me that, you know, uh, I don't want to submit or I got to have the last word. I can remember my father saying that uh, concerning my mom years ago always have to have the last word. And sometimes as women, we want to have the last word. When God wants to have the last word, what's the final say so based upon the word of God? So looking at the bigger picture as a wife, I got to see God's will uh in the situation and God the word of God must manifest and if i submit to the will of God his will will be manifested
1: and 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 and, and we're just going back and forth argument uh, both parties it's 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 a revelation and of, of the manifestation of pride mm-hmm. uh i'm standing for my rights my wife's standing for her rights she feel like she's right i feel like i'm right and and the key thing uh that Kathy just said was that we got to see the bigger picture. What is the purpose of this union? Mm-hmm. This God didn't give me Kathy for just to, for, to please me, mm-hmm. and God didn't give me her to please her. God gave us to each other for, to fulfill His purpose.
3: Yeah. That yeah. but that's not
1: real to the majority of people that's married. What is the purpose of God? God is a God of purpose. When God brings people together, He brings people together. Because there's something he needs to establish in the earth realm. He wants to birth in the earth realm, which is always a dimension of the invisible God that to be need to be made visible in the earth realm. So the bigger picture is the will of God. Yes. What is the will yes. of God for this union? What is the will of God for this marriage?
3: Yes. Yes. Not
1: my will, not her will, the will, the will of God. When that is when that is the case, then you're going to experience a level measure of success. What has kept me going? and and, and my marriage, and this is something very important that the men need to hear. Many times men want their wives to submit, want their wives to submit and obey them, but the husband has never modeled submission Mm. before their wife. Mm, And and, and when I have counseling with uh, husband and wife from time to time, and that's usually one of the things, uh, Dr. McKenzie, my wife, she don't want to submit to me, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I do my part, whatever the case may be. Uh, uh, she thinks like she's rebellious. I just listen. When he finished talking, I said, "Let me ask you this question here: You want your wife to submit? Yes, sir. Is it biblical? Yes, sir. It is biblical. So, let me ask you this question: Have you modeled submission before your wife? Have your wife seen you submit? Has she seen you submit to me? as your pastor, hmm. and and maybe she don't know how.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe she needs to see how to do it.
3: Yes.
1: And maybe she don't know how is because you ain't done it. You haven't done it. Uh-huh. And so if you haven't done it, then she's going to struggle submitting to you because you haven't submitted to the authority that God has placed over your life. Yes, yes. And so, therefore, we want to put great demands, and that's a Pharisee spirit. The Pharisees put great demands on the people that things that they want to live in themselves. Jesus told his disciples, said, whatever the Pharisees tell you to do, do it. Mm-hmm. But don't do what they do. Yes. What they tell you to do is right, but they ain't doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you model yourself after them, mm-hmm. but they're going to tell you the scripture, do the scripture, but don't do what they do. Yes. Because what's coming out of their mouth is in direct opposition of how they are living. Yes,
2: and that's going back to discipleship. Yes, which I mean, you can't get away from it because if the husband is modeling uh, humility and submission to God before his wife, then she will know the pattern. She will know exactly how to submit to his authority because she see it model before her. And then here come the other element: the children. They will see the wife submitting to the husband, who submitted to God, and then they will submit to the parents.
1: You're absolutely right, and this is why we uh, uh, one of the problems in the church as well. Is we have I think I shared this on the uh, last either yesterday or the day before yesterday. One of the problems is we got we got we wear two different hats.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We have a church hat and we have a home hat.
3: Yes,
1: that's hypocrisy. <laughs> yes. that's duplicity. And 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 uh, my wife don't mind me sharing this with her, uh, with you with you guys because this is we we trying to help you yes. by our relationship, our failures yes, yes. <laughs> and the mistakes we've made and how God graced us to make the adjustments. And uh, I remember one particular time after uh, 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 we, we was ordained and uh, I was elevated to the office of an apostle. And uh, and uh, uh, one day I was uh, bringing correction to my wife about something in the home. She said, well, I don't know who to submit to,
3: uh,
1: my husband or the apostle. Who, who, who am I supposed to submit to? <laughs> and I said, that's simple. That's easy. Your husband, the apostle. I was... I don't stop being who I am because I was ordained. Mm-hmm. I am this for life. I'm not this for church. Yes. This is me for life. Yes. I am it for life. That's why I can go anywhere because of my gifting. I see things uh, almost anywhere I go. I can go to the restaurant and God can start showing me things about people. Uh, 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 I can go to a store. I'm seeing things about people the case may be. My gifts don't stop functioning because I'm outside of the church. That's who I am. And that's the problem with the church. We have... Separate hats we wear, and and that that messed our children up too. Mm -hmm. They need to. I'm a man of prayer, I don't pray in church, just in church. My wife, my children see me pray, church, home, in the car, anytime I'm sitting something, I pray, whatever the case may be. They don't see me just ministering the Word of God at church. I'm listening the Word of God at home. Yes. It's time I gather my family together and, and, and begin to share the heart and the mind of God with them. They see me uh, uh, living the Word every, base, every morning. Yes. I'm into the Word of God, whatever the case may be. So this must be, if I'm a Christian, it's a lifestyle. Yes, amen. It, it, it's not having a dual nature. <laughs> yes. uh, do you want to add to that, uh, uh, my beloved wife?
2: Um, no, I think you uh you said what I wanted to say. Um I, I you know, I, I hope that uh answered the question for you, uh Prophetess Coleman.
0: Yes, yes it did. It, it was um very good, um very and explained very well, you know. Um I love when Apostle Mackenzie said that when God brought the marriage together, um, that is for a purpose. And I think um, so many times in relationship we leave God out of the equation we actually forget that it was God um that brought the marriage together to fulfill his will. And yes. so um one of the things about humility I know when you said if the husband <clears throat> submit, you know, that would also uh teach the wife how to do it and also teach the children, um yes. how to do it as well. You know, um and it it is it was it was just great, you know. I really thank God for for you and your wife and, and you know, everything that you said, you know, so far is is a blessing because so many people are falling, um are are, are getting divorces and I'm I'm not talking about people unsafe, I'm talking about people that say that have churches Ma'am. that love the Lord. Yeah.
1: Yes. And yes. you
0: know, it's so hard to hear you know when their relationship, you know, uh, is separated and um, causes the church to fall as well.
1: You know, and so um, of,
3: it, of I, course I, it is.
1: This it's just church fault. Let me sh- share this uh, real quick because we're going to have to wind it down now because uh, our time is about up. Uh, that's good what you just sh- uh, shared, Prophets Coleman. Uh, concerning uh, the church. It's is neck and neck. I don't know if we superseded the word, but I know several, several years ago they, they did a statistic, and the church was 50% in the world, 50% in divorce. And and a lot of things have to do with the church. Why? Because we just want to preach, but we have nothing in place once again to help people uh, uh, to be disciples, especially young young couples.
3: Yes. And I
1: personally believe, and this is something I've been talking about for a while, but we need to get it in place. We have a system when uh, when young start start mentoring young men uh, at a young age and prepare, start preparing them how to be gentlemen, uh, how to carry themselves,
3: yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, money management.
3: Yeah. Money
1: and sex is probably the two main things that destroy the majority of the relationship, all the uh, arguments of whatever the case may be. So we, we, we need these system. Women, you, uh, listen, there are people that are uh, grown right now and don't, uh, don't know how to cook, don't know how to clean, don't know how to do nothing. Uh, I shared uh, my wife to start teaching our daughters very early how to wash clothes, how to iron. Uh, 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 I think my daughter was uh, how old they were. I told you to start teaching them. How to get it started. I think about second, th- third grade, something like that. Something
3: like that,
1: yeah. About third grade, second, third grade. People, that, that's too young. No, it's not. No. 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 they they going they, to they they, listen. It's my, our responsibility to prepare them for a husband. Yes. Amen. And 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 they see how their mother uh, served me.
3: Yeah.
1: And so so we teach, and they and and they they serve me. Yes. Because they see the models, their mother mother modeling that. Yes. God is preparing them for their husband. Yes. One of the things I want to say this last thing real quick here is th- this is a this is a thing I think of where a lot of struggle come in marriages in the church is when the the wife is a preacher and the man the husband is a preacher. Mm-hmm. I see so many struggles in that area. Yeah. The woman said, well, God called me to the ministry. And the man said, well, God called me to the ministry. If we don't understand biblical order, it's going to be a conflict there. Yeah. There's a preacher that I know that a lot of you all know because uh, uh, they be on, they, they're on television. So they're going to call their name. Uh, and I was talking with him one day, and uh, he told me he, he he just got a divorce. And she got a divorce. Yeah, it's, you know, we got a divorce. His wife is a preacher. And, and he said he, he just was tired of the competition. And uh and he just he just gave her both churches. They had two churches, they accepted. he just gave her both churches and he's gonna go into another field. And uh I, I say what? He said, Yeah, we 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 good, we just no, no arguments what the case may be, but uh when it comes to the church thing, I just released that to her. Now, what a young lady need to understand is this right here. If a young lady's been called into the ministry before she gets married, if she get married, she have to make uh some some decision she has to talk with her husband, whatever the case may be, because when she get married, her number one obligation is no longer ministry yes
3: mm-hmm. her
1: number one obligation according to the word of God is her husband Amen. her husband now becomes her main ministry yes.
3: mm-hmm. and yeah. so
1: therefore either you 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 lay your ministry down. To take up the ministry of a wife until your husband uh, says, uh, 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 God told me you were released. It's time for you to go forth the middle what the case may be. But I see so many struggles with that. And we see a lot of uh, young ladies that marry, and, and, uh, 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 that's preachers and marry a young man as a preacher. Many times the marriage don't last too long.
2: Mm-hmm. But, again, that goes right back to discipleship. Because the mentor will help the young lady see that, the preacher that that marries another preacher. The mentor will help her to see that, to see that your number one responsibility. Because, again, it goes back to the state of her heart. And the state of her heart has to do with her relationship with God first. Yes. And then her husband.
1: And see, God got to help us get this, because the church don't get this right here, we're losing the world. Yes. Yes. Because the church is out of order. We're out of order. We don't understand the order, mm-hmm. and because we don't understand the order, uh, well, I'm saying God. God speaks to me. God talked to me. God t- "Well, ladies and gentlemen, God's supposed to be talking to all of us. We are children of God, and, and that that ain't no big deal. the, the thing is, what is my function? Mm-hmm. Why did God make me a male? Why did God make Kathy a female? What is the function of a male? What is the function of a female?" It, it, it doesn't change when you get saved. Yes. It doesn't change when you become into ministry. The function does not change. Yes. <laughs> and so, we make it so hard. And so therefore, and then we go beyond our measure because now I'm functioning in a capacity that God has not created me to function or I'm functioning in a in, in a capacity beyond me being promoted to another capacity because I have not fulfilled this area. God cannot promote me to this area. So, we, we we really, really, really need to get our minds renewed when it comes down to relationship. Biblical relationship is about uh, the order of God, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And we're losing our children because our children see the fussing. They see yeah. the chaos fusion. And they don't wanna they don't wanna be saved. They don't yeah. wanna have anything to, to do with God because what the parents model uh before uh their children. And so Okay, well, we, we got 90 seconds. Okay, well, we got to wrap it, down, uh, wrap it up. We thank God for you. Uh, all of those who are online on today, Prophet Coleman, we thank God for uh, your questions and your input as well.
3: Amen.
1: Uh, remember, on Mondays and uh, Fridays, you'll have me unlocking and liberating the real you at 1 uh, p.m. And on uh, Tuesdays and Thursday, Prophet Cathy is what?
2: Kingdom Women Living for the King.
1: And on Wednesday, you will have us once again releasing, uh, no, nope, that's not it, uh, where am I, uh, the Order of Kingdom Relationships. On Saturday, we're going to do a, uh, uh intercessory prayer and prophetic. We're raising a prophetic team so we'll, we'll be able to speak prophetic into your life. We pray that you got something from this. I really enjoyed you all thoroughly. I always enjoy uh, coming together with my wife and doing this thing uh, as a team, and we pray that uh, God ministers to some area of your life. So we look forward to being with you on uh, tomorrow. Until then, God bless you.
2: God bless you.
1: This is better when you got people to call in. That's gonna make that kind of carry
3: yes. the.
1: Uh...